Well, look at this tribe of warriors we have uh, for Pet Chat today. Firstly, the ever-smiling Daniel Carrington. Good, good, haven't seen you for a while, mate. You I been? know. We haven't done a show together, so I'm very excited. Looking forward to working with you today, Mark. And you've also uh, got a guest we'll be uh, talking to in a couple of moments as well. I know. Um, Samantha Kay from Lovedale Labradoodles, and we're going to talk about the oodles and loads and loads of oodles. They are very, very popular <laughs> today. And as always, uh, Kimberly Earl, great to see you here as well, getting ready to get down and answer those pet questions today. Absolutely. And if we have some time, we will talk about Are You OK Day tomorrow, as well as some new rabbit vaccination information. Right. And even you've actually roped a guest into joining I us later as well. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully uh, later on in the show, we'll be introducing Dr. Fiona, who is a colleague of mine. The uh, ever-smiling Daniel Carrington is here. And uh, Daniel, you've brought your guest well, on the phone this with us this yes. afternoon, Samantha Kay. Hi, Samantha. Samantha's from Lovedale Labradoodles and Kaiserdale Farm, and she breeds oodles. And I wanted to talk to her about Australia's number one pet dog, a cavoodle. Sam. Hello, Hello Sam. How are you, Have we lost you? You're there. <laughs> no, I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> look, um, look, I'm just looking through the different breeds and I feel like I'm at a fine Italian restaurant where there's all these noodles. <laughs> noodles. I need a glass of, of wine here next to me. <laughs> <laughs> cavoodle, labradoodle, groodle, spoodle, moodle. Poodle cross, toy poodle, and schnoodle. Have I left yeah. any out? <laughs> no, none of them would there would be there though without the poodle. So you have to mention the poodle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so why are they such a fantastic pet? Why are they number one? Um, I think they're number one because they have primarily been bred as companion family pets. They are tactile. They are fluffy, so they bring out the... That teddy bear effect brings out all the happy endorphins. Mm. They're low allergenic. They're low shedding. Um, you can't say that they are non... Um, that they are completely hypoallergenic because they're not, because you can be allergic to not only the dander and fur, but also the saliva. But they are very low hypoallergenic. They're low shedding. They are primarily bred to be inside companion dogs with you, not outside working-style dogs. And because of all the low shedding, they have very little doggy odour. So that's mm. very attractive to everybody. They are easy to train, very trainable. Um, I find that even though they're not necessarily bred for sport, they're now very well re well represented in a lot of other fields such as obedience, agility, nose works, rallyo, lots and lots of reasons. So people start to train them. They realise how great they are and easy they are. So then they go and join local clubs and... Uh, yeah, have a lot of fun with their dog too. Samantha, they're way up above most people I know at this point. So, <laughs> I mean, you're doing a pretty good job on selling the, the breed here. <laughs> I love them. I've got cows full of oodles. <laughs> um, Sam, I guess um, with them being so popular and all those advantages and positives that you have mentioned, um, when people are wanting to buy an oodle, um, is there ones that are better for with with children in the family as opposed to people who are single? Can you tell us about that? Yes, there is. Um, some it's really about finding the lines as well. 
Um, you can, ha- as a breeder, you can have a line that you know is more high, high energy. You can have a line that you know, even though we never advertise that they're bred for therapy, you might have a male or a female that have produced really good dogs that have gone on to be therapy dogs, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in an apartment, you don't necessarily want a, you know, a massive sheepadoodle. Mm. Um, you, if you're an older couple, you need a quieter dog. You might need a smaller dog that isn't going to drag you down the street. So you would go, you know, more for your moodle or cavoodle. Yes. So it's really about finding the dog that wants you, that, that suits your lifestyle. That's what you need. So it's really, really important to do your homework about which breed you, I, I use the word breed lightly because they're not registered as a breed, but yeah, to find out which oodle suits your family and your lifestyle. And is there some medical issues that people might want to be aware of or that they need to ask the breeder? Yes, definitely. Um, first and foremost, you would want them to be able to give you the full medical history, which would be hip and elbow scores of both parents, the DNA of both parents. Um, that's really, really important because both um, the, the poodle has... Um, has in its history had uh, hip dysplasia. Um, the, the Labradoodle is prone to, you know, that's in their history as well. So it's really important to get that done, especially for the big dogs, but it should be done for all of them, hip and elbow scores, DNA to make sure that they're clear, that the parents are clear of any diseases that they may be genetic. Now, um, that's really good feedback and good information. And just a, a personal question, because Sam has a dog, Hercules, who is in TV. He's a model. Oh, wow. That's yes. pretty cool. He yes. has an agent. <laughs> he has an agent, even. And, of course, because these dogs look like teddies, and you have your little tiny teddies and small teddies and your big teddies, like Hercules, he's a big teddy. Yeah. Has he done any new... Like, like he's on the Toyota Yaris ad. So anyone that's seen Toyota Yaris ads, he's the dog. In that ad, yeah. has he done any he any Kevin. recent work? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Sorry. Has he done any recent work? Yes, he did an ad for um, the Australian government. Uh, he wasn't exactly an agent, but he. <laughs> it was all about children's vaccinations, oh. and it was promoting it. So he had to. There was a little girl, a uh, five-year-old girl, picking her nose whilst laying on Hercules, using him <laughs> as a pillow. You know, so that was his latest one. It was very easy, very quick, but. Um, yeah, he, he's very tolerant, extremely tolerant. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yes, so Sam's also one of those mums that takes the dog to events. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to work, <laughs> to work. <laughs> Sam, thank you for your time. That's wonderful to talk to you, okay? Uh, you're, you're welcome, you're welcome. If anyone wants any help, you know, choosing a noodle, uh, it doesn't have to be one of our oodles, but if they want any help, they're welcome to contact me. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much, Seb. Danny, I must say, though, that, like, you would think having an agent sounds pretty cool, but if the best that your agent can get you is having a five-year-old laying all over you, picking their <laughs> nose, <laughs> I, think, I think we'll stick here and do with that one. What do you reckon? Time to sack the agent. You yeah, you get some new representation. <laughs> and they're taking 15% as well, probably. Yeah, but it was a, it was a well-paying job because it was a government ad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it comes with lots of benefits. <laughs> 
a lot more than the private sector. Um, anyway, Danny, thank you so much You're for welcome. that. We appreciate that. It's Daniel Carrington and, of course, Samantha Kay as well. It's Dr. Kimberly Hurlis here. And, and Kimberly, you're um, bringing in a sort of slowly introducing a brand new member who's. We are trying to add to the team so that David and I have and I, a backup and I've got, member. And I've got no idea, so I can't help you, I'm afraid. <laughs> but we're slowly yeah. introducing some new team members. Yeah, so we've got Dr. Fiona with us today. Um, Dr. Fiona and I graduated from vet school at the same time. Um, and then I went to Canada for a little while and have come back. She's always been here in Australia. Um, and I think, how long have you been in Newcastle for? Five five years? Five years in December. Five years in December. So she's been around the area up in Musselbrook mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, yeah, we're just trying to, you know, add to the team so that we can share it around. All right. So we'd we love some questions. Uh, something for Fiona for you to sink your teeth in. In the meanwhile, though, you've obviously got all the, the gossip and all the, the stories, the backstory on Kimberley. Have you got something from those <laughs> oh. earlier days? That, that she would be uh, semi, semi uncomfortable with hearing? Probably things that paint her in a better light than me, actually. Oh, well, then, Kimberly, you're probably oh. happy to hear that story. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I Yeah, so Kimberly and I went to uni together in Sydney, and um, I have multiple memories of Kimberly doing exactly what she should be in the lecture theatre, listening intently. And sitting I maybe yes, sitting I was at a, the front. I'm a front of the room sitter. Gotcha. And I may have been in the back row, and I may or may not have been paying attention to what was going on at the front. But I graduated, and I think I start. do my job really well. <laughs> All right, so you're only a step back from swinging off a chandelier while they're teaching you how to, you know, slice and dice our pets. Basically, yeah. not the, too far. Off. The reality is that if I don't sit in the front of the room, I fall asleep. And so, like, <laughs> maybe I know. should have tried that. Then. <laughs> It's really all about practicalities here. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, look, uh, the ladies are right here. They have the bit of paper to prove that they can actually give this quantified <laughs> advice. Good afternoon, Sharon at Shoal Bay. Your uh, 17-year-old poodle has got some lumps. What's happening there, Sharon? Yeah, she's been getting these for a couple of years now, but she's wearing a jumper at the moment, which keeps her from chewing them. But they, they the one on her bottom is getting bigger. Yep. Um, and I read... The, the vet sort of said she's 17. There's not a lot you can do with it. It's a virus. So um, I was reading up about it the other day, and they were recommending selenium to bring up her immunity mm-hmm. and vitamin E oil on the sores, the, the lumps themselves. The skin, so we yeah. Started, yeah, we started doing the vitamin E, but I wasn't certain about, you know, she's only tiny. Yeah, and whether yeah. She's too old to start on, you know, selenium. Because her diet's been up and down since we lost our other little puppy. Yeah. Um, she's been really funny with the diet. Right, and, okay. Um, yeah, which is not uncommon in older dogs. They often um, do start to have a bit of an appetite decrease, particularly little poodly things, which are often on the lean side anyway. Um, listen, I mean, selenium's not something we give. It's talked about a lot in... Um, production animal medicine because it's really important for reproduction and things like that. We don't talk about it specifically a lot in companion animal medicine. Um, it is important for the immune system. I can only imagine your vet was thinking that the little lumps are like a little papilloma virus. Um, we do certainly see lots of little toy poodles that as they age, they start to come up with lots of little, you know, sort of warty sort of things. And I guess originally those are probably a, um, 
maybe a viral origin. Um, I guess the thing I would say, you mentioned that the one on the back end is getting bigger, and so I guess... Well, it's about the size of a 20-cent piece. Yeah. Sucking on it and so the, the it thing is that that probably is different to what we would consider um, typically as a, as a papillomatous wart, um, warty sort of lesion. And so just because she's had lots of little lumps over the years doesn't necessarily mean that they're all the same. Um, well, they all look the same. Do and they? She's yeah. got a, quite a lot on her now. They're yeah. Up everywhere, little tiny ones, you know? Yeah, the little tiny ones that, that those are the ones that I would typically expect to see in a little toy poodle. But something that's a little bit bigger, you know, could still be something else. It may be worthwhile getting your vet to have a look at it. Um, and you can oh, antivirals. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there may be some antivirals. I don't know, we, we use antivirals a lot in cats these days. I haven't. Have you ever used them in dogs? Have you had an no. experience? No, I haven't um, actually. I know that people are talk- were talking about it, um, you know, remdesivir and things like that early yes. on um, for some viral things in cats and stuff too, but I'm not sure about dogs. Um, you know, I think a tiny little dog, you'd, you'd want to be careful because any um, supplement, any nutrient can become toxic at high levels. Yeah, I've yeah, just done a quick worry. Google search and they do talk about some dosage levels, but I'm not sure if those sources are entirely uh, reputable. Reputable, that's the word. Perfect. Um, so I would just be a bit cautious with that. Um, I'm sure there so would... The vitamin, the vitamin E... Totally fine. On, on those, okay. Yeah, I think that would be fine. Yeah, but if that particular one that's causing her some grief hasn't been looked at, it's probably worth having that one looked at um, because it could be something else. Or sometimes they get a bit irritated and then they develop a secondary infection. So sometimes they require actually a different kind of treatment to try to get them back under control for you. Mm, yeah, well, okay. I might take it back and see about that one. Anyway, thank you, girl. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, all the best and uh, best of luck with all of that, Sharon, at Shoal Bay. Dr. Kimberly Earl is here. Dr. Fiona is here, as is Tony. Good afternoon, Tony. Uh, what's happening with your dog there, Tony? Well, I've got a dog that uh, every time I walk out the gate, he, uh, when I walk back in, he just wants to jump on me and hunt me. Um, <laughs> does, does that with everybody and... Um, it's, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> it was a rescue dog. Yeah. Uh, presumably uh, a desexed rescue dog. I beg your pardon? Presumably a desexed rescue dog. Yes, yeah. desexed. Yeah. So, I mean, he's obviously, um, we see this in dogs almost as a, um, I don't like to use the term dominance behavior, but he's sort of trying to, like, exert a little bit of control um, over you. And, like, my golden retriever will do this to my daughter. She doesn't do it to anybody else, but to my daughter, she'll jump up on her um, occasionally and, and try to hump her. Um, or twerk is what my daughter calls it. Twerk. Um, listen, it's it's mostly a training issue, um, you know, and I guess I would try to, we need to try to redirect his attention away from what he's doing. Well, so, I do. I, I try and give her a treat or a bone yeah. or something like that, but it makes no difference. No difference, yeah. Like, it's I would like even work on, I would even work on um, getting, is it a female dog, is it? Uh, it's a female. Female, yeah. I would, I would get her to work on um, like sitting before you come into the fence, um, and trying to work on encouraging her just to sit while you're coming in and stay calm, and then giving her a treat before she does anything, um, and then maybe having yeah, a toy or something that you can throw once you've you know sort of released her from the sit. Good dog. Here's your treat. Great. Here's a toy and well, go and I throw it in the other tried, direction. Tell you the truth, I've tried all that. Yep. 
and, and, and none of that. And works. she's still and she's still giving you she's some still grief. Doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably something. I mean, it's it's obviously going on a while. It's probably something you need to have a chat with a veterinary behaviorist or at least a um, a positive reinforcement dog trainer about. There will be ways to do it, but you know these sorts of behaviors are often habitual and they often take a good amount of time to stop. And someone probably needs to um, really assess the environment and the situation in which she's experiencing or, or um, yeah, exhibiting yeah. that. So well, that would be my I best bet. Got it. She, um, she used to go absolutely berserk by running around the backyard 100 mile an hour without yeah. stopping, you know. Um, and it would do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and it was just so... Oh, it's just so excitable. So excited, yeah, like, yeah. With my, with, 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 with me being around, she's quite calm and she's quite yeah. okay. It's yeah. just as soon as you, like... Um, she's she's yeah, probably yeah. showing her, her excitement just in a way that we don't find very acceptable. All right, Tony, best of luck with that. And uh, I know Dr. Fiona Gore sitting here going, isn't it good that we threw to... <laughs> for that one but you don't get out of this so you don't get out of this cheaply all right fair enough you do not get out of this this cheaply good afternoon peter at raymond terrace um your nine-year-old is uh, your nine-year-old uh, female bitsa is giving you some uh, trouble and dr fiona is going to look after you peter so <laughs> let us know what's happening there hi peter um it's actually nine months old Pat. yes yep uh, she's a cross between or Staffy, and she looks like a miniature wolfhound, if you know what I mean, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, she was one of six. The other five were males. They were all smooth coats. She's the only one with the long hair. But anyway, whenever people turn up, us, she gets excited and wants to wee everywhere. Yeah. We've got to calm her down, pat her straight away so she doesn't, but she still gets excited and does that. What can we do to get her out of the habit? Sure. Is has she is she getting better or worse as she gets older, Peter? Oh, a little bit better, but I mean, I would have thought at nine months old she shouldn't be doing it. You know? Sure, sure. Look, it's pretty common in puppies to do what we call excitement wheeze. They just can't control themselves. They're so happy yeah. to see you. Um, so a lot of the solution around it involves avoiding the situation in which they do it. So if yeah. you've got a, you know, you know that you come in. You say hello to her, she gets so excited to see you and she wheezes because she's just so excited. Yeah. To, yeah, well, to, to decide yeah. not to get her to that level of excitement. So you can come in, you can say hi and then kind of walk away and ignore her and she's not getting to that level of excitement where she does that wee. That's correct. But Is that something that you've tried, Peter, or you think might yeah, be worth well, a go? I try to pat her straight away and kind of yeah. calm her. Yeah. But sometimes she she will still do it. Yeah. Look, it's but something it's going to take it's going to take time and it's going to take repetition and practice, but I think I think you're on the right track. You've just got to keep going. All right, best of luck uh, with that, Peter. See, you didn't get out of it, Fiona. <laughs> you wanted to. And yeah. Kimberly, see, you're taking notes. How good's Fiona going so far? She's still pretty good. This, this is this is not under examination. This is like totally voluntary. Um, you bet it's under examination. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> There's no test here. Uh, it's always a test. Good afternoon, Steve from Newcastle. Steve, you think you may have a, a proven method for uh, Tony with his dog issue a couple of minutes back there? 
Yeah, mate, I grew up with a German Shepherd when I was a kid, a uh, big male German Shepherd, and he was one of these, exactly the same. For his whole entire life, he jumped up on you when you went out the back, um, out the back to see him. Whenever people come over, he just wanted to jump up. He was just super friendly, wanted to lick your face, you know, all the rest of it, get close to you. Anyway, he did that for his whole life, and when I got older, and my had little kids, we got I got a German Shepherd, and when I, I researched how to fix this, and um, it really works. So, and I've done it to friends' dogs, or got them to do it with their dogs, and it takes about five minutes, ten minutes, and it works every time. So, when when my dog was about six months old, he started jumping. Um, all you do is catch their paws, like catch them, their paws, mm. because their paws are very sensitive. Um, you let them jump up. You catch catch their paws with your arms if you're strong enough, I guess. And you just give their paws a a tiny squeeze, not not enough to hurt them, of course. And just hold them there for like literally a second, a couple of seconds, until they sort of you'll see their head drop down to look at the ground as if they want to get down. And just hold them for a second more and drop them. Let them let them go. And I'll probably do it again. And you do that again. And tell you what, by the third time. You can be patting your chest, and the dog will not jump up on you. Like, and if he does, or she does, um, the next day or whenever, just just catch their paws, and they they hate their paws being um, they hate being restricted like that, and it works like a charm. Yeah, this uh, Tony's issues was his dog was humping his leg when he walks into the gate, so a little bit different to that probably. Um, and I guess I'd just be a bit cautious of that, Steve, because that would be a um, an example of a negatively reinforced um, training method, which is not actually recommended these days. Um, not to say that it's not effective, but it's probably um, it's got the potential to lead to other problems like your dog becoming, you know, fussy about having its feet touched for nail trimmings or if we need to look at it for something else going on there. So we just want it. We always try to um, work wherever possible in positive reinforcement methods. So we're adding praise for something that they've done well and we're ignoring the things that they're not um, they're not doing. But um, I appreciate that um, that there are, you know, cases where that's, you know, probably worked for, for lots of people as well. So. All right. Thank you very much, Steve. 49216216. couple of minutes left if you have a question for the ladies who are doing quite well today, Dr. Kim Leo, Dr. Fiona, we'll see if we can get something <laughs> else that's, you know, on the fringes for you. We'll do our best. All right. Sounds good. If not, you get to deal with the dog of the week. So Ooh, you, get, you, can, do, you can end up with the cute stuff, all right? All right. That's good. Dr. Kimberly Earl and uh, Dr. Fiona, day number one. Well, look, you've, you've, you've done the, the dog that wheeze everywhere. Let's just ease up with our dog of the week. Now, uh, if uh, you're looking to add a new dog to your family, why not consider... Rolex and uh, looks like a whole lot of fun. A two-year-old poodle X, poodle cross, rather I should say. He's so cute. I know. Loves walking, uh, which is good. Game of chases with your socks, apparently. <laughs> um, he came into dog rescue because uh, he was in an apartment by himself most work days, and obviously the owner surrendered him because uh, give the chance for Rolex to have a little bit more company and stimulation. So apparently he loves dogs, people, and cats as well. So Fiona, mm. that's a huge bonus. That makes him just about tick all the boxes, I think. Um, anything that we would... I know we've done a lot of oodle-type dogs today, mm. but uh, since we're talking about Rolex and he is a poodle cross in particular, mm. um, some things that we should be aware of if we're looking to adopt the likes of Rolex? Sure. Well, I think first up, you have to make sure you've got the time to invest in a dog. Um, potentially with a rescue dog, they may come with some 
unfavorable habits, habits, bad habits, that, like um, socks. that may need a bit of attention, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's something that, yeah. um, that any good owner I think would be prepared to take on, but well, he's adorable. He is. I mean, apparently so Rolex, or, apparently he speaking of bad habits, he likes to lay on the lounge, <laughs> uh, but not necessarily on your lap or right up against you. So in other words, I'll sit on my lounge over here and do my thing and you sit over there and watch the TV. He wants his own space. Makes, <laughs> might like his own lounge. Mm. Yeah. All right. Oh, good news. Toilet train. He can sit. He can stop. He can stop at the curb when walking as well. So it seems like some of that good reinforcement stuff found is already in there, in the bank. Oh, he's, yeah, you got great bones to work with. I think it sounds like his previous owners acknowledged that they couldn't give him the time and effort mm-hmm. that he needed and he's looking for a new home. I think he'd be perfect. All right. If, absolutely. If you'd like to look at Rolex and some of our other uh, dogs of the week, you can head to the Pet, pet Chat page at 2NURFM.com.au. About a couple of minutes left, um, Dr. Kimley, and you wanted to wrap up with some rabbit vaccination news Yeah, as well. so a little bit of a public service announcement. Um, there is, for those people who have rabbits as pets, we have a new vaccine available in Australia. It's um, not a fully registered product. It's on what we call an emergency permit at the moment, um, but it's a vaccine that's been used really successfully in uh, New Zealand and Europe for a number of years. And the, n- the nice thing about the new vaccine is it covers our rabbits. So we vaccinate rabbits against Khaleesi virus in Australia. And it's covering our RHGV1 strain as well as our RHG. So RHG is rabbit hemorrhagic disease virus um, strain V1 and V2, um, which is a major improvement because our rabbits have only ever been vaccinated against V1s with the um, old Silap vaccine for about the last 25 years. Um, so it's like a real advance in terms of protecting rabbits against Khaleesi virus. Still doesn't cover myxomatosis. The, the powers that be tell us we're never going to have a myxomatosis vaccine in Australia they're not going to allow it but now we can at least um, prevent our rabbits from um, developing the more virulent sort of newer strain of rabbit hemorrhagic disease virus that has um, naturally made its way into Australia it's not not been released by CSIRO so the benefits of the new vaccine is that they only have to be given it once a year it is more expensive than the old one but it's not um, uh, prohibitively so Um, it comes in individual dosing vials and they're only half a mil instead of a whole mil um, it's pretty new. We've only started using it in my clinic uh, probably in the last two weeks. So not every vet uh, hospital will have it. Um, but for those people who are looking for it, it's out there. It's available. Ask your vet to get it and any vet can get access to it. Um, and it's, yeah, we're, we're really excited that it's like a whole new level of protection for our, our pet bunnies. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Kim Leal, on that. And your help as always. We'll talk to you next time. Yes, next week. And Dr. Fiona, you going to come back? At some point. (laughs) Right. If if you have me. We've locked her in, Kimberly. I know I'm gonna get the schedule out now. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, that's Pet Chat for another Wednesday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.